This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. And he was a very wonderful lad. He said, he didn't say positively. And so he would go right through the gate to the uh, airplane. And I would say, Mort, you cannot smoke in here. It's not supposed to smoke. Didn't say positively. And here's Mort going right through with his cigarette. No one stopped him. I'm not saying that you should do it. He didn't do it to brag. He simply believed in himself. He wouldn't hurt anyone. Now, you don't have to hurt anyone. I tell you, your own wonderful human imagination is immortal. That's the man in you that cannot die. I meet them, those who are called dead, and I tell you, they aren't dead. Nothing dies. Everything is restored. Everything is restored. But the day will come, you'll go beyond restoration, and you will resurrect. And who's resurrecting? God. And God in you awakens, and you are God. Because God is the father of David. That is the way you know you are God. I will tell of the decree of the Lord. He said unto me, Thou art my son. Today I have begotten thee. These are the words of David. What is going to happen to you? Then you will know you are God. You have no other way of knowing that you are God. Unless God's only son calls you father. For no one knows who the Son is except the Father. And no one knows who the Father is except the Son. And anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. So no one has seen God. But the only Son who is in his bosom, he has made him known. And he comes out of you and calls you Father. And then you know who you are. And I'm telling you, every one of you, because you and I were chosen in him before the foundation of the world. Chosen for the purpose of receiving the gift of God, which is his glory. For he gives me himself, and giving me himself, if he's a father, then give me your son. You can give me yourself, in part. Give it to me in totality. So if you are a father, then where is your son? Your son must be my son. And he gives me his son. So he so loved us, he gave his only begotten son. To whom? To you, to me, to every child born of woman. To every one of us will become fully aware that we are God. And yet, I will know you as Jim. I will know you as Jim, but I will also know that you are God. I'll know you as Sarge and know you are God. I'll know you as Bill and know you are God. I'll know every one of you. And the unnumbered billions that are not known to me here, in that day I'll know them all, and still know them all as God, for there is nothing but God.
when the curtain comes down on the final act we're all God we are then the glory of God so we will finish the work he said I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do now glorify thou me with thine own self with the glory that I had with thee before that the world was it's returning now the whole memory returns and then every man becomes God but now do not fail to apply the law blessed is the man who delights in the law of the Lord in all that he does he prospers you name it and you can be it you just name it and if you dare to assume that you are it and view the world from that assumption instead of thinking of it you will crystallize it you will actually manifest it in this world that definition of imagination I'll go along with for a certain point up to a point that things present are sense perceived and called real things absent are called imagination but man being all imagination man must be wherever he is in imagination so I need not be anchored to where my senses dictate I can stand here and assume that I am elsewhere and then if I assume that I am elsewhere let me anchor myself there and view the world from it if I view the world from it I should see this place as I would see it were I physically there I can see it surrounded me and under me then I did not move in imagination if I move in imagination then I must think of where I was physically and see it elsewhere I can see it where I am in imagination and be moved for all motion well I can tell myself if I have moved by a frame of reference if I have moved relative to this room well then let me look to see where am I now I must have moved for motion can be detected only by a change of position relative to another object well here is the object I assume now that I am I name it if I am elsewhere let me think of this room well I can't see it as I now see it if I see it as I now see it then I didn't move I can only move if I see it differently well now if I move and now I'm standing in my home sitting in my chair in the living room now let me think of this club I must see it away down on Catalina and feel myself at home on Carroll Street and then think of the club and it can't be here it has to be away down on Catalina then I moved for man being all imagination he must be wherever he is in imagination if I practice this it become easier and easier I just read of the story of a very dear friend of mine used to come to my not so many meetings but I would say once a month he came home for a personal appointment in New York City he was killed last week in a car driven by her husband and I can now see this perfectly lovely gracious lady she had a home in Oyster Bay in Long Island and she had her apartment in New York City her name is possibly one of the most prominent names in America the name is Roosevelt she was of the Teddy Roosevelt branch her name was Grace his her husband was Archibald Teddy was governor of New York he was vice president of our country he was president of our country a very powerful 
wonderful leader. He did not leave, as so many presidents leave, a fortune. He didn't go in there to make a fortune. He went in there to lead the country. And as he said, I don't consider public opinion. I form what I think is best for our country, and I feed them what they ought to know. I feed them what I think is best for our country. So he didn't go in there to make a personal fortune, and he came out without a personal fortune. So she, in spite of her name, did not have a personal fortune. She had a home in, Long, in a Oyster Bay in Long Island, and a lovely apartment, beautifully furnished from things that her father-in-law had given. If she did not rent her New York apartment for the summer, she could not open her home in Long Island. She couldn't afford it. Being a lovely home in a very wonderful, fashionable area of New York City, she always got a wonderful price paid in advance for the three or four months. Then came the end of a season where they aren't looking for any home, and she came to see me. She said, Neville, I am desperate. Unless I rent the place in New York City, we can't open our home in Long Island. I said, All right, it's rented and you're living in Long Island. Oh, but she said, Neville, I can't do that. I said, Tonight you sleep in your home in Long Island. But she said, I can't do that. How could I go and sleep there? I said, You don't do it physically. Tonight you sleep physically in New York City in your apartment, but in your imagination, which is the only reality, you sleep in your home in Long Island. And then you think of your place in New York. And the reason why you see it across the East River is because you are physically sleeping in Long Island. And the reason why you are sleeping there is because you rented it. Put them all together, that's why you are there. She said to me, if it rents, I'll call you. I said, there's no if about it. If, the only if is, if you do it, then you'll call me. I took her to the elevator. She went downstairs, went back to her place. The next day, at nine in the morning, Mrs. Roosevelt is on the phone. She said, Neville, this is Grace Roosevelt. I said, how are you, Mrs. Roosevelt? She said, I'm calling you from Long Island, where I slept last night physically. That I went home. No one came at all over the period that your rent places. But as I got home, soon after I got home, an agent called and asked if I could show the apartment. A single man came in. He liked the place. Money meant nothing to him. He said, I want immediate possession. But I mean immediate. I mean now. But she said, I can't get out now. I have to call my husband at the office. I don't care what you do. I want immediate possession. And here is my check in advance. Call the bank to see if the check is good. She got out that day. Called her husband to meet her, and off they went to their home in Long Island. Well, she was just killed last week at the age of 73, I think it was. He was driving. He wasn't injured, and the friend in the car wasn't injured, but Grace was killed instantly. But at least she learned the law. She didn't come to the meetings very often because she said in her capacity... She was a pillar of the Episcopal Church in New York City, also in Long Island, and it would not be advisable to be seen in my meeting place. That's coming, that's slumming. But she always came to my home to any problem. Once she had it with her son, he came back from Egypt, where he was in the State Department, and he came with a huge big beard. 
And she said, Neville, I'm embarrassed. Long before people wore beards. Today, it would be the thing to do. But he came back long before the young fellows wore beards. With a huge big beard. He said, Neville, I'm so embarrassed, I just don't want to walk down Fifth Avenue with him. I'd make him walk ahead, walk behind me. I don't want to be seen with him. What must I do? Because he gets annoyed and he will do nothing that his father and I suggest. I said, how would you feel if you kissed him and he had no beard? You would kiss your son, wouldn't you? Oh, yes. Well, then put your hand on his face. He doesn't have any beard. And then kiss him and feel that smooth skin that is your son's face. And he has no beard. All right, I will do that. She didn't tell me. I opened the morning paper one Monday morning. It was a big fashionable social wedding. And here is Mrs. Roosevelt and her husband. And here is her son. And here is the bride coming down the steps of the Episcopal Church. And he has no beard. The next time she came to see me, I reminded her, I said, you know, you came here the last time about the beard, and the beard is off. She said, you know why? I said, yes, I know why, but you tell me why. Well, the girl that he married refused to go through with it unless he shaved. She saw the physical act. I said, no, that wasn't it. You promised me that you would kiss him and feel his smooth skin. And you feel the smooth skin, and it would come off. She said, I did do it, but... The girl demanded it. So she goes back to a physical causation, and it wasn't so at all. There is no natural effect with a natural cause. Every natural effect has an imaginal cause, and the natural only seems. So she is still going to insist it is because the girl wanted the bear off. That's why he took it off. Well, now she knows better. She's now in a world just like this. At least she learned the lesson of the law. She didn't learn the promise, because when I spoke to her, I did not have the promise. I had not realized it. You know the promise, because it only happened to me 12 years ago this coming month. So those who know, knew me before have not heard from me the promise. Those who have known me since, well, they know the promise. So I ask you tonight to please take it seriously. Watch your every imaginal act. And I will say to everyone, don't take anything lightly. Don't voice an opinion. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.